Soy, the final frontier. I am Comrade Britain. And I am Test Pilot Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Thomas Riker, our ongoing mission to explore new Star Trek episodes, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to escape the glass storm! Soy Trick the Podcast is here. Vegan, one half queer, a hundred percent communist, but unless we have a less leftist guest, Patrick and Britain, talking, joking, farting and shitting, all about Star Trek, oh, like our bubbles, this show is red. Yo, welcome. 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 I liked your remix of the uh, song there. With Thank the little, you. Little, little addition of the fart sounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you mean this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Shouldn't have fed you so much coffee. That wasn't even a sound effect. I just, <laughs> I just mic'd the bottom of your chair. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's been mic'd this whole time. Oh, God. What do you think I jerk off to? <laughs> You're the Chuck Berry of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. This is a Johnny B. Good Hour. No, oh, Johnny B. Good Hour. Yeah. More yeah. like Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, Johnny do be bad. <laughs> Johnny B. Slurpin and Durpin. Okay, cool. Yeah, and Dick Durpin. Mm, excellent. Slurpin and Dick Durpin. Slurpin and Dick Durpin. Slurpin and Dick Durpin. <laughs> Love to see it. Um, so we are here with a guest today, mm-hmm. yet once again. Yeah. Hello. Announce yourself. What are you doing here? Hi, I'm Lucy Blue Skies. I'm the Star Trek stripper, and I'm here to review one of the new Lower Decks episodes. Hell yeah, yeah. you are. Hell and yeah. uh, thank, thanks for being with us today. Thank yeah. you for having this me. This is a live studio guest. Yes. Uh, one of the first times we've ever had one. Uh, mm-hmm. Only other episode we've had one on is uh, you. Uh, like 20 minutes ago yeah, when yeah, we yeah. did our other episode on sluts. So. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. You get Thank to be you. the first, you get to be the second, yeah. the third. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the last. Yeah. The it just last. ends after this. <laughs> right. Right. That's, it, you bring up a good point in saying that, in that uh, your body count just uh, actually accumulates more the more you have sex with the same person. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So. Uh oh. <laughs> you folks in monogamous change? relationships who are having a lot of sex with your one partner, oh. you have a very high body count. Oh, oh, this changes everything for it, me. I think it does. <laughs> so when people ask you what your body count is, just count the number of times you've had sex. Mm. That's easy. Wow, damn. I just went from one to three. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just marking them off on uh, on your wall like a prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just take, a, take out a Bowie knife. and. I wish I had concrete walls so I could carve stuff into it. 
Hmm. I feel that would be very. I don't know. I feel it'd be kind of like regulate the temperature, more or less, and uh, keeps cool in the winter. Or, concrete or yeah, concrete. Yeah, Con- concrete. Yeah. It's a good insulator. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't even want to go into this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I strip for a living, so don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you like strip copper or? I haven't met her yet, but I'm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Copper, yeah. I we barely know her. At, at every, <laughs> thank you. Very nice. All, all copper are bastards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So, um, I don't know. Oh yeah, something I need to mention. We have a Patreon. Did you all know that? I yeah. do. Yeah, patreoncom slash bs. and uh, therein. For as little as two dollars a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, nice! What do you get with that, Pat? You get uh, episodes right when you release them. Yeah, you certainly do. Um, you get them also in high quality stereo. Yeah, which especially with three people, mm-hmm. mm. it's going to make a huge difference. Oh yeah, yeah. You're going to be you're going to be able to hear all the crosstalk, us tripping over our own feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're going to be able to hear me slowly rubbing my penis awesome and you'll hear my mic chair and, and yeah and me is slowly rubbing pat's penis but that's the 500 dollars tier of the page that's, that's the 500 dollars yeah. tier we've, we've talked about yeah yeah you get to watch them explore each other's bodies yes. yeah the, the uh the explorer tier yes, yeah the explorer body explorer yeah. yes yes to boldly go <laughs> boldly go to boldly blow <laughs> perhaps <laughs> That's the thousand dollar tier. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars to get my mouth anywhere near that baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, for his, uh, also uh, we have other tiers. For oh, five dollars yeah. a month, we mention your name and oh. say thank you to people just like Dylan Lance, Nick Savard, Jordan Hale, David Craning, Sites, Cappies, D. Gursky, Eric and South Slope, Jor Moore, Tim Wilkinson, Ethan Adams. Kyle Simmons, PJ Hale, Shane Sawyer, Gillian McCrary, SFC Punk, King Penumbra, Roberto Molina, Seven of Nine, James Hartman, Anna Conklin, Iggy, Abigail Simpson, Electric Baphomet, and Jonah Hearn. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, uh, a lot of those people are in even higher tiers than the $5 tier. For $10 or more a month, you get access to the Media Dungeon. Yeah which is my personal uh, Plex server. Mm -hmm. It works a lot like Netflix or Hulu or any streaming service, except there's no fucking ads ever. No ads. Uh, Fucking, there's more movies than all of the streaming services combined. Got about 17,000 films. Yeah, that's why you put Fright Night 2 on there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I've actually seen that. I love the Fright Night 2's actually been on there forever. I think it just came up. They have Uh, a special recommended section uh, for for Halloween spooky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in the place that the recently added movies was. Mm. So see Uh, how you could get that twisted i did get it twisted yeah sorry (laughs) i have put up a lot of uh stuff lately though Uh, i now have well over 800 shows i think about 825 shows Mm. including tons of stuff that you will never find anywhere else Mm. um stuff that like literally like people have bought the rights to try to suppress it like the new kids on the block cartoon oh new kids on the block actually bought that in order to make sure it never came out because it's fucking wackadoodle. <laughs> now you can um, make sure that's being 
shot into space mm -hmm. like you can have so that it's picked like that signal is picked up mm -hmm. by a distant alien race yeah and what they learn from human culture is entirely the kid in the block a kid on new kids on the block cartoon and oh, that's yeah. and that's what they learn about us right right and they, yeah. they come to our planet and they're like we want to meet your leader is it jordan or donnie i'm yeah. not sure <laughs> where is this donnie Wahlberg? <laughs> Ah, Mark Wahlberg, you will do. <laughs> Wait, and he's like, are you Korean? Yeah. <laughs> you better not be Korean or I'm going to come over there. Oh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, you know, a Boston a Boston treasure. Oh, yeah. Boston treasure, yeah. He, he uh, mm -hmm. is part owner in the Boston chain uh, Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers. Yeah. yeah, I have eaten there one time. I ate a burger with a full pound of meat in it. Wow. <laughs> It uh, tasted like sodium, and it, oh, I'm it, glad uh, you're still here with us. Yeah, it, it made me feel like pins and needles for like four hours. <laughs> like my limbs went mildly numb. I mean, that is how um, in ancient China people used to commit suicide: is they would eat a higher pound of salt. Wow, That's yeah. pretty cool. So this episode is actually uh, sponsored by Wahlburgers. So thank you so much for <laughs> yeah. your pins yeah, and needles. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you for almost uh, giving uh, Brit a heart attack. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Mark Wahlberg, for making for promoting Catholicism. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We love that. Yeah, yeah he was in that. Fa was Father Ted? Yeah. Is that right? Where the uh, was it? Is that a sequel to Ted, the Seth MacFarlane film with a teddy bear? Oh, it should yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Where he, the teddy bear becomes like a priest, <laughs> a, a perverted teddy bear. Or maybe he exercises the teddy bear since a te talking teddy bear is like a uh, like something of the devil like it's possessed oh it absolutely is that that yeah. is a fallen angel inhabiting that teddy bear's body <laughs> so he cast it back into hell yeah especially since it was voiced by seth mcfarland so he's probably like going back to hell teddy bear good good point <laughs> is that how he sounds is that a boston accent yeah that was think? pretty close yeah yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. think that's a seth mcfarland accent yeah. at all though does, does he, can, no. he can do that one for sure does, oh, yeah. well, that was yeah. that was me doing mark Wahlberg. oh okay like, i thought so you were doing ted, ted. Okay. Yeah. okay that was my big complaint with ted is like realistically if a boston person found a talking teddy bear he would, they would just stomp the shit out of that like that <laughs> thing that would not have been a well, movie that would have been 10 minutes and over <laughs> he would have also fucked it he would have but like after he stopped Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's still moving. Well, Just enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wahlberg would have seen like the Made in Korea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just beat the crap out of it. Beat it until it's blind in <laughs> one eye. Yeah. I don't think so, Teddy Bear. <laughs> Not in my city. <laughs> Not in my city. You better get the hell out. Get out of the Wahlburgers, goddammit. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, or was it a Vietnamese guy? I think it was Vietnamese. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't have conflated those. That was yeah. that was bad of me. Bad. Yeah. That's something that Mark Wahlberg would do. Yeah, something Mark Wahlberg would probably. do. Probably. It's very Ted of you. Very. It's very Ted. Very, very Father, Father Ted. Ted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Only a Father Ted was on that plane in 9/11. <laughs> that's that's true. Because Mark Wahlberg said he would have stopped it. Yeah, he he did. Um, if he was on that plane, which plane do you think he would have done best on? I mean, because he he couldn't have stopped the entire thing. There was four planes, mm. right? That's true. Right, unless he can be four places at once. I always forget there is four planes. Yeah, yeah. There's the one that crashed in the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Isn't that how many um, Wahlberg children there are? <laughs> I have a theory now. You might be right. Oh, there could have been a, there. They could have there could, could have been a Wahlberg on each plane. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. There, there could have. I mean, do you think Donnie could have stopped nine eleven though? I know Mark could. Easy. Absolutely. Really. I. I, I well, he was in that movie Dead Silence. Right. With the, with the about the evil um, ventriloquism. Uh huh. And. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Donnie did a pretty good job in that. Mm-hmm. He seemed like he was pretty kind of a badass. Wasn't he in one of the Saw films as well, or a couple of them? Probably. I, mm-hmm. I, I've only seen like a couple of those. Like yeah, the the tenth one just came out. Saw X. Yeah, I do feel that yeah, it's been on forever. I do feel like the first time I saw that, I was probably a teenager. And now it's just like now it's still going on, and I'm so, like middle aged. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone else disappointed when a movie has X in the title? And it's not like softcore porn. I mean, we, we all know what X stands for. Yes. And so I saw like Marcy X, the one with Lisa Kudrow. Mm. Yeah. I mean, have you seen Saw X though? No, I do haven't. Do you know it's not a softcore porn? I kind of do. And can't anything be a softcore porn? That's true. You should have you know what? open it, mind. That's yeah, yeah. Because everyone has a thing for something. Yeah. And maybe that Billy the Puppet. I mean, I think everything yeah, can be softcore porn except for hardcore porn. Wow, yeah. Yeah, when right. you think about it. Though like, it also depends on your on your definition of hardcore. And it de- like definition, people. yeah, also depends on yeah. your definition of jo- pornography. To the, to the Joker, hardcore porn is... It's just soft, regular porn. Regular porn. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what kind of porn do you think the Joker would watch? I think... I think he would just like really just like just stuff that you wouldn't consider pornography. Yo, he just watched like the actual like Hollywood films they put on Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> Saw. Yeah, Saw. Yeah, yeah, he would watch Saw and be like, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Saw X. Hells yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, it w- I think uh, he'd watch like The Hangover and jerk off to that because he yeah. likes laughing and stuff and he likes jokes. He's a joker. It's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the kind of porn I like. <laughs> That's that's also very close to your like rumple still skin laugh. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Excuse me, it's rumple foreskin. Rumple foreskin, you're right. Yeah. 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 Uh, may the foreskin be with you. <laughs> it always is. Indeed. So we are here today to talk about an episode of Star Trek that we watched. A brand new episode of yeah. Star Trek that we watched. Uh, Lower Decks, season four, episode nine, The Inner Fight. Yeah, obviously, I love, I love that name. Yeah, obviously, take off on uh, Star Trek uh, TNG um, episode, The Inner Light. Yes, I and love that episode. Yeah, it's one of the best episodes. I mean, it's it's an episode that makes you cry every time. It's mm-hmm. the people might know it as the flute episode yeah. of Star Trek TNG, where uh, Picard gets a flute, falls in love, has a whole ass life, yeah. and then comes back to reality, and he's mm-hmm. a starship captain again. Yeah. But he still has a motherfucking flute, yeah. so something real up in there. Yeah, they got that rescue and flute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What's your rescue and flute in life? What do you toot on? What do I toot on? What do you toot on? Like, <laughs> I, I toot on this vape right here. I always have multiple <laughs> beverages. Right now yeah. I have a water, a coffee, and a, and a big old thing of garlic sauce. <laughs> I did need a straw for this, by the way. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, look at yeah. you. That's I'll make do. No. I'll make do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the only way to drink it is straight out of the bottle. That's oh, yeah. I mean, it is a squeeze bottle, so you just got to yeah. angle it. Yeah. Do a uh-huh. little squirt. Yeah. yeah. Extreme. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so this is the ninth episode of the fourth season, uh, released on October 26, 2023. It is the 39th episode of Lower Decks Overall. Mm-hmm. And the 907th episode released overall of Star Trek in general. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this one was written by Mike McMahon, um, which you probably know as the creator of Lower Decks mm-hmm. and the showrunner of Lower Decks, as well as Solar Opposites. He used to work on Rick and Morty. He's been around the block a few times. Mm-hmm. Marty from the block. Indeed. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> This one's directed by Brandon Williams, who uh, has worked in the art department for several seasons on Lower Decks and has directed so far three episodes this season, which are his uh, first three episodes of anything ever directing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's The Cradle of Vexalon, which was an all right episode. Yeah. Uh, Parth Ferengi's Heart Place, which I thought was great. And yeah. then this episode. Per- great name. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, huge, huge Dark Place fan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So should we jump right in? Yeah. Full of sin. Let's do it. We open on Perseoff 9, where Mariner, Boimler, and Talin have just installed a power relay at a research station. One of the scientists explains that at the station, they research the venomous tremble lizard, whose skin is covered in a neurotoxin, and they also have corrosive blood. So pretty much like the alien from Alien, but they're cute. Yeah, they're very cute. They're they're really into like the cute, deadly things this season, between like this and Moopsie and shit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of a recurring theme, I think. I think they're trying to get more things to merchandise from this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so apparently when you touch the tremble lizard, uh, your eyes pop out. Uh, like the cartoon wolf when he gets super horny. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, a, boing! Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all that. <clears throat> Um, I was hoping to see actually that happen, but we don't. No, we don't. We we just kind of know about it happening. Yeah. So suddenly a lizard uh, bites a wire from inside their containment area, and the force field holding them disappears. Mm. The team goes to put on anti-venom suits, but Mariner runs out and uses a metal tray to deflect the lizards and repair the force field. She returns, but with a tremble lizard still on her back, who pounces on the scientist and Boimler has to rescue him after his eyes pop out. Mm-hmm. Opening credits, two minutes and ten seconds. What did you think of the, the cold open here? I thought it was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was good. it gave a little uh, Jurassic Park vibes for me with the fence going down and going back up. Fair, mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, a little terrible lizard. Yeah, and the triple lizard, terrible lizards. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, and I did like, um, I, did, I did wish that we, that, um, that guy who eyes pop out you know Mm -hmm. i did like his whole thing where he's just like you know oh they're so beautiful and the thing goes down he's like oh kill them kill them he's he he only likes them when the gate is up yeah i would have liked him to also since his eyes popped out to have him return with like jordy's visor or something oh that that would that would have been been really funny yeah oh that this is of course of a two-parter i mean yeah he could he could show up in the next episode yeah you never know so, we return, and on the Cerritos, Boimler and Talin discuss Mariner, and both are concerned uh, about her increasingly unhinged behavior, uh, constantly walking into danger. They walk into a conference room, and both Tendi and Rutherford are already there, having been called there by the captain, who comes in with Ransom, Shax, and Dr. Tiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freeman demands to know why Mariner is trying to get herself killed. There's new intel on the attacks 
on the non-Federation ships, but now there are multiple ex-Starfleet officers they believe are being targeted because they have information. Mm -hmm. And they need to go to retrieve these people, including Seven of Nine, Beverly Crusher, Thomas Riker, mm -hmm. and one Nick Lacarno, mm -hmm. who the Cerritos is assigned to go get. Uh, Lacarno was a former Starfleet cadet who is a pilot for hire now. You might remember him from uh, the TNG episode from season five, episode 19, The First Duty, mm -hmm. as played by Robert Duncan McNeil, who mm -hmm. we probably all know the best as one Tom motherfucking Paris yep. from Voyager. I was really hoping Mariner was gonna be like, wait, that looks like Tom Paris. <laughs> yeah. Right, because they, they've yeah. already done Tom Paris references on here mm -hmm. yeah. on the show, and yeah. they've they've shown Tom Paris too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it was him specifically, but a hologram of him. Uh, he was the talking plate. He oh, was the, he? Yeah, yep. we had the yeah the, the he had the the commemorative Star Trek plate with uh, Tom Paris on it. Right, talk, right. Talked to Boimler because he was like um, uh, losing his mind from the. Wasn't yep. uh, didn't Rutherford after he uh, rebuilt the um, Delta Flyer? Wasn't there something about Tom Paris in there too? I think. I don't recall. Oh yeah, they definitely rep. Yeah, I think they yeah. definitely reference. Yeah, like, yeah, him a lot, and I always felt like, yeah, Nick Lacarno was supposed to, and especially for Voyager, that was supposed mm -hmm. to be. So it was uh, um, the character of Tom Paris was largely based on Nick Le Nick Lacarno, which is weird. They just mm. didn't make him. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Lacarno. But, but I mean, he was like a disgrace cadet, and but it would have actually made sense to have him because he has like a troubled past. Yeah, you know, uh, in like the first in the pilot, uh, Janeway goes down to get um, Tom Paris from like a prison colony. Yeah, yeah. The, Australia. Mm -hmm. Which yeah, is there's there's no uh, there's nothing saying that he didn't just change his name. That's oh, true. Yeah. That's a very program, yeah. Yeah. true. Yeah. Switch Witness protection pr program so fucking Wesley Crusher doesn't come after him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he's got the, the power of the traveler yeah. now. He could come oh, and fucking yeah. murk him at right. any time. Yeah. yeah. And his dad changed his name too to make sure. Oh, yeah. Because his dad's like the admiral named Paris. So yeah. Or just fake dad, fake family. Fake dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. I, li I like that theory. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, a, that's our new official theory. Yeah. On Soytrek is yes. uh, Tom Paris and Nick Lacarno, same Sa person. Same person. I mean, that's not a theory. Yeah. That's that's a fact of who yeah. the actor is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was Robert Duncan McNeil who voiced. Yep, it, it yeah. certainly was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the gist of that episode, the Lacarno episode, is that uh, he tries to get Wesley Crusher to lie about a shuttle accident in which a cadet dies, uh, which ultimately gets him fired and was the inspiration for Tom Paris, who in turn was played by the same actor. Mm -hmm. um, and also had that, ha also, um, also one of the first appearances of Cedo as well. Oh, Cedo Jackson, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, then later also referenced in this episode. Absolutely. Uh, so they're concerned that um, Lacarno will uh, precipitate more danger for our uh, precipitate uh, will get more danger out of Mariner. So the lower decks team is ordered to the Sherbel system for a very <laughs> undangerous mission. At the shuttle, Mariner is excited for a girls' trip, including Boimler, mm -hmm. uh, even though she doesn't even know what the mission is about. And I think this is further like twink coding um, Boimler. Oh yeah, putting him on the girls' trip. Oh yeah, yeah. We all we all know about yeah. Mariner yeah. or Boimler. Yeah, there's always one guy in the girl group that's like, yeah, you, you, you yeah, you can. Yeah, he's, he's one of the girls. Yeah. He's one yeah. of the girls ostensibly. Mm. He's he's non-threatening, probably gay. Yeah, <laughs> probably yeah. twink. Yeah, 
twin coated yeah twin coated yeah. yeah yeah every girl's group needs a twink oh, yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely so <laughs> mariner is excited for the girls trip uh the shuttle departs and arrives on shirble 5 where mariner wonders how repairing an old ass weather satellite is dangerous the team comes up with some bullshit reasons but little known to them they are being watched by a cloaked klingon bird of prey mm. so Elsewhere, the Cerritos arrives at New Axton, which Shaq says is twice as lawless as old Axton without any of the charm, Mm -hmm. which I feel like that's exactly what Seattle is now. Oh, yeah. Like, it's twice as lawless as it used to be, and it's no more charm, Mm -hmm. which is... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, think about it. That's that's Seattle. (laughs) Um, At least according to Fox News. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you never see any of the crime. It's all in, like, Tuckwill and shit. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Ransom says that Locarno offers his piloting services out of the capital. Freeman says they'll fit in. Uh, to fit in, they'll have to act like criminals. But suddenly, they're hailed by traffic control for their parking job, mm-hmm. disturbing the moon's orbit. A mysterious robotic figure is waved through by traffic control without any trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember that mysterious robotic figure because we see him later. They're important to the story. Yeah. Back with the gang, the Lower Decks gang, they're finishing their job updating the buoy when the Klingon bird of prey decloaks in front of them and locks weapons. Mariner takes control of the shuttle and hurdles towards the surface of Sherbal 5. The bird of prey kills their shields and Tendi emergency transports them onto the planet. On the surface, Mariner notes that they're far from Klingon territory territory when they hear mysterious screams in the mm. distance which is something i always go towards i don't know about you oh, yeah. yeah you've yeah. got to figure out what the screams are all about and if you can contribute to them you always can you yeah. always can yeah. 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 yeah be the screams you want to hear in the wilderness yeah. oh, i like that i like that i, I should put that on a shirt yeah. i mean um, there's some nights like i when i like especially during the summer like i had my windows open i would just hear random screams happening off in the distance somewhere and just be like yeah city sounds yeah. <laughs> sounds of the city the white sounds of the city yeah yeah we love we love to hear them <laughs> so mariner runs off into the jungle with the others following in the jungle mariner tells the group her intention to show the apex predator of the planet that she is the new apex predator yeah she's working through some stuff yeah but we all know who the real apex predator is Neelix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Child predator. Yes. Think, yeah. <laughs> Neelix is actually, like, has, like, um, like a, uh, he's banned from ever entering the Alpha Quadrant. But like. He's the A-Kess predator. <laughs> yeah. A-Kess predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, got him. <laughs> got him. So, Tendi. So Kess is dead now, right? Yeah, she's got to yeah, be. She, by your age? Yeah. 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 They only lived to be like six, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was 11. Was it six? I, I was thinking I, nine. Six oh. or seven, I think. Yeah. I was thinking 69. But that has nothing to do with her age. In, oh, nice. She's <laughs> yeah. no compa, right? Yeah, compas. Compa average age. Yep, um, it up. You almost said the C word there. Oh, no. Oh, oh computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. It's going to talk to us. No, that's the point. I, I want a new friend. Yeah. It's our new guest. Nine podcast. years. Nine years. Okay. That's right. All right. Go, go Pat. Um, so, uh, Tendi has a pad full of information about the planet, which Talyn thinks will help them get off of the planet. 
Suddenly, the group spots the Ferengi captain we thought was killed uh, by the mysterious vessel in one mm-hmm. of the first episodes of the season. Uh, and he's being chased down by the Romulan captain we thought was killed uh, by the mysterious vessel earlier in the season. But we learned, I think, last episode that they were, in fact, towed away, yes. just mm-hmm. taken, kidnapped. Uh, the Ferengi tries to bribe the Romulan, but the Romulan wants information, not Latinum. Suddenly, a third figure uh, gets near the Romulan, but falls into a type of bear trap, like a, a punji pit, mm-hmm. and it traps their leg. Mariner jumps in and knocks down the Ferengi, and she battles the Romulan, during which she gets a concussion, so the team drags her away. Mm-hmm. Which there's a lot of concussions happening on uh, on lower decks. I yeah. feel a lot more yeah. than regular Star Trek. Everyone's getting concussed. Yeah, they should really maybe address that or not do that. Yeah, like I feel like the Vulcan neck pinch is one of the the good things that they invented to get away from like the trope of like hitting someone on the back of the head and knocking them out, which like does serious brain damage. Yeah. And shit. they're all on the Enterprise CTE. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. So on New Axton, Freeman, Shax, and Rutherford arrive. And Freeman says, Locarno frequents the pickpocket district, <laughs> which I like. Um, Rutherford joyously finds out that the uniforms actually do have pockets. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, we don't see them use a lot. We don't see things in people's pockets on this show at all. No. I mean, not. I mean, obviously not yeah. this show because it's a cartoon, yeah. but, I you know, in Star Trek. I think replicators, like... You don't yeah. need to carry a whole lot around if you can just make it wherever you're going. Right. Yeah. And the things you do need to carry around, you can carry around in your ass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's nature's yeah. pocket. Yeah. It is nature's pocket. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And typically, also, if we see them bring things down, they have, like, those, like, sort of, like, uh, little pouches they can connect to their uniform. And, you know, yeah. they carry right, right, right. a tricorder or, like... It's a tactical else. gear. Yeah. yeah a tactical Space gear. fanny pack. Space <laughs> fanny pack. Yeah. We're, we're, fanny, we're pro fanny pack on this podcast. Yeah. Do we believe it's it's like the British context fanny, or do we believe oh, yeah. it's the American context? So it's a pussy pack. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. If yeah. you were to say fanny pack over in England, they would think you're talking about nature's pocket. Yeah, that's, no. they, they, that's <laughs> nature's true pocket. Nature's a true fanny pocket. pack is what I call my dick in British. Oh. Uh, yeah, because it packs fannies. Uh, <laughs> or, or, you know, in American, packer. too. Fuck it. Yeah. It packs whatever hole it wants. Yeah, and, and have like a fanny packer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> same thing, same idea. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Rutherf- uh, the team of Freeman, Shacks, and Rutherford arrive at Muds, obviously in allusion to Harry Mud, mm-hmm. um, which is a dive bar. And Freeman says she should do the talking since she aced her hoodlums and racketeering seminar at Academy, (laughs) which I would love to be in that class. I I could probably teach that class because I'm definitely a hoodlum. Oh yeah. I do like how they, how like they add to the canon where it's just like, oh yeah, this is just a course they have in Starfleet Academy. Just Mm -hmm. like having to deal, when you, the class they teach to deal with like the little uh, uh, underhanded, um, shadow the sneaky things the sneaky things the rumple yeah. foreskins of the world the rumple yes. foreskins of the world yes. and also um i don't think we mentioned it like was that a music refrain from this planet i don't know it sounded very musically like star wars huh and i we've got a lot of star wars type 
musical cues, I thought. Yeah, and the bar was very much like a Tatooine type yeah. bar. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This this mm-hmm. this did seem very like Tatooine kind of yeah. Star Wars A New Hope coded. Yes. Yeah. Or even Jaw was palace coded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, the bouncer to the bar won't let them in without a two-hour wait because he's prejudiced towards Starfleet. Mm-hmm. But he lets the mysterious robotic figure from earlier right in. So mm-hmm. this 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 guy has access. This guy has access. Access. Uh, access and allies. Mm-hmm. The game. That's why they let him into the bar. It's because he has that board game. Oh, not the game Michael Douglas movie. No. Yeah, the no. game. There's an Axis and Allies game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a board game. It's fun. I don't know. Maybe check it out. This is now a board game podcast. Hells yeah, I like board yeah. games. Yeah, we're talking about, uh, I don't know, fucking Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the lore of Monopoly and its secret history. Man, you ever landed on Boardwalk with all hotels? I have. Like, it's... it's I you know. know what I'm saying? I, I just I just stare at the gun. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm I will never financially recover from this. And You're now we're talking about sorry. That's <laughs> 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 what I'm going to put in my suicide letter. <laughs> it's just, it's just, just an gonna, envelope, and you open it up, and it's the it's game so sorry. sorry. All the pieces just fall out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's worse suicide notes to lead. You know, better ones too. Oh, like, yeah. uh, like old Kaczynski's uh, manifesto. Mm. It's pretty, pretty good read. I don't know if yeah. you read it. It's an industrial society and its consequences. Mm. Pretty, pretty interesting. Nice. Pretty interesting. And I, I read it when I put my little nightcap on and read, mm. read it by candlelight. And oh yeah, yeah. 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 Mm, good night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Manifesto before bed. Yeah, a little yeah. manifesto before bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Puts you to sleep like a baby. Yeah. So, um, Freeman complains about not being let in, but is given an extra half hour wait for her protests. Back with the Lower Decks gang on Shervil 5, they're discussing how strung out the Romulan captain was. And Talyn insinuates uh, he, uh, that she might have been at the battle with Packleds. Uh, mm-hmm. From the end of episode or uh, season two, I think. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, suddenly, a Cardassian drops from a tree, and Talyn neck pinches him out. Tendi climbs a tree and says that there is a monitoring station nearby where they could make a distress beacon. Mm. Boimler notices campfires along the way and suggests taking a longer way around, but Mariner protests, and Talyn tells her they're ordered to stay out of danger. Mm-hmm. They decide instead to get some rest so they're not such dicks yeah and the, the the and that at this point i think i was just like oh i think there's the pockleds are behind this because how talin was just like talking to and i was like wait i was there too yeah yeah it was at, it was a weird kind of like easter eggy thing mm-hmm. she was like wait were you at the battle of the pockleds but then they're interrupted because she yeah. doesn't say it outright yeah and i was like wait were all of these people here because they were involved with the war at the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it got me thinking. Yeah. Like, I was like, but it was also, yeah, it was very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if that's going to also 
come back somehow. Mm-hmm. But why would they be targeting like Seven of Nine? Because I don't think they were there for the no. war. And why Thomas Riker? Because William Riker was there, but not Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for, for what we know, like Thomas Riker's still in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the Maquis shit. Yeah. Which, you know, free the Maquis. Free all my Maquis. Let my people free. <laughs> I hope we do see Thomas Riker. Yeah, in the next I mean, episode. like seeing that, like you know, a uh, oh, that'd be a, great a, if a, a it was print. Locarno and Thomas Riker, yeah. just like everyone's alternates. Yeah, oh hell yeah, yeah. yeah just the like, other Boimler as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. William Boimler. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. I was thinking about it if I had like Thomas Riker. He's like has like a bunch of prison tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> he's like spent so much time, so he's just becoming different, way different than William he's just Riker. Just Mzadi on his forearm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he has like a little, like a little like uh, pinup babe, oh, a giant horgan. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I should get a fucking horgan tattoo. Yeah, you should. Yeah, That'd be sick should. as fuck. Put that right there on my wrist. There you go. Nice. Yeah, or on my hand, mm. just so everyone can see that I seek Jamaron <laughs> in the ass. Beautiful. Topping, not bottoming. <laughs> just so you're aware. <laughs> You, you also have that whole thing that you just said also yes. written. <laughs> <laughs> getting just getting smaller and smaller. As it goes down. Just, so just trails off like your mill yeah. pool. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just like gets smaller and then just goes in the thing and it just like stops. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a plan. I'll, it's a plan. I'll, uh, nice. I'll make a design. Yeah. Um, so Mariner isn't tired, so she doesn't go to sleep like the others. Instead, while everyone sleeps, she runs off into the jungle for some jungle love. And that's why I was getting lots of, like, I don't know if you've seen Predators, the Adrian Brody Predator movie. No. I was getting lots of Predator vibes from that because um, in the, that premise, mm-hmm. they all, they're all dropped from the sky, all these random people, and mm-hmm. then they, on this planet no one none of them know and oh and then they're getting like hunted they're getting hunted okay. and i was like i was getting lots of predators and actually i i am i a lot of people don't like the adrian brody predators movie i mm-hmm. think it's fantastic it's one of my favorite ones yeah, yeah. and uh, Wait, what was the brand new one that they made uh, that one was really good oh um uh prey Prey, Prey, there you go. That Prey was, was that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it sucks that that didn't get a wider release. It was just released mm-hmm. directly to Hulu. And yeah. Prey was well, I think sick. I think a big reason for that is that like I think it came out like right after the pandemic started. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. So, but that that one's highly recommended. That, in my yeah. opinion, that's the best Predator movie. Yeah, the first one's good too. But and the first one's like iconic and super memeable. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and fucking Carl Weathers rocks. So does Jesse Ventura. Yeah, I love Jesse Ventura. A sexual goddamn Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> God, he's so good. I also watch uh, Jesse Ventura's Conspiracy Theory. That show. <laughs> Show's it's, really good. It's yeah, it's on my server. It's it's amazing. Um, it's basically like him going to top secret places and then complaining because they won't let him in. And you're he, gonna he, let me into this place. I'm, like, I'm, I'm just even tourist. Yeah, you're you're not gonna let in the former governor of Minnesota, the former heavyweight champion of the goddamn world. You're you not let me you're in. not gonna let me into Area 51. What are you hiding? I'm right. exploring these conspiracy theories and I'm trying to get the answers that nobody wants to answer. You know, I'm asking the questions that are very dangerous, and only the world, former heavyweight champion. 
champion of the wrestling world can really get these answers. And former governor of Minnesota. They call me the body, but I'm also the mind. <laughs> the body is the, the honed, but so is the mind. And uh, I do like Jesse's mullet. I do like his longer hair that he got later in life. Yeah, that's that's always he looks, cool. He looks terrifying. I love that now he, he's just like all he talks about is weed and legalizing weed. He rocks. He, gro- he grows weed now. So yeah, he he, he rules. I also like also watch him cuss out um, uh, Waters, the John Wa- Jim Waters. I was gonna say John Waters. Not John, no, not, thank not you. Not John Waters. This, yeah, he's cussing out the the Fox News host. Oh, nice. Which yeah, is, we love that. When because uh, also he sued uh, Jesse Ventura sued. Um, um, Chris Kyle's estate. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Chris Kyle insinuated that he beat up Jesse Ventura in a bar. Yeah, and Jesse Ventura's like that never fucking happened. Yeah, he's successfully sued because I hate Chris Kyle. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesse, Jesse, Rest in piss, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, rocks. I love that he went after a dead man and beat the shit out of him. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. so cool. He beat him after death. Beat him after death. Yeah, we'd love to see it. Yeah, go Jesse Ventura. It was a pro Jesse Ventura podcast. Yes. Now. <laughs> this is now the conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about uh, Bretton Woods. Bretton Woods. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> in the jungle, Mariner encounters the creature caught in the trap from earlier who reveals themselves to be a Klingon who demands that she leave. She refuses and calls him a Patak. And they do battle until they're interrupted by a glass storm. Mm-hmm. And this glass storm is pretty cool. I like the idea of a glass storm. Yeah some knife rain yeah yeah like a yeah, knife, knife rain yeah they're getting ready to do battle and a knife just like sticks in his back and he's like fuck we got to get out of this mm-hmm. so they get out of the knife storm so mariner and the klingon reach shelter and the klingon who we will later learn is named ma says the bird of prey that attacked them um betrayed him and abandoned him on the planet and promises them death mm-hmm the two wait for the storm to pass, and next we have what, in my opinion, is the best scene in the entirety of Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. So, Ma'a, still waiting out the storm, tells Mariner that she's Starfleet, but also a warrior. She says her mind just clears up when something's trying to kill her. Ma'a says she wages war with herself. Which this is one of those moments of a Klingon like framing everything as a battle yes. that I just fucking love. You know, Worf when he's like, time is their enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like Klingons make the best therapists, honestly. They they do. Yeah. They do. Like yeah. they're they're the best at like recontextualizing everything as a battle, like yep. and as a struggle. Mm-hmm. And like there is an objective to win against something, some enemy, whether it be like yourself and your own desires like Mariner or, you know, with Worf and the farmers and stuff, time, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like everything in life can be, I guess, kind of boiled down to a conflict between forces, a material conflict. And in as much mental health is also a struggle. Yeah. In in as much, I I see the Klingon is doing a lot of like, um, material historicism, you know, and they're almost Marxist in that respect. Almost. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mariner calls Ma'a real chatty for a Klingon. He grumbles. She says one of them is going to die soon, so it doesn't matter what she says, so she opens up. She says she recently got a promotion she didn't want. She wanted to get demoted, and Ma'a says that she must hate Starfleet, but she says she doesn't. 
She says back at her academy days, uh, her dream was to be a captain. And inasmuch, she modeled herself after Cito Jaxa, uh, another fellow cadet who got stationed on the Enterprise. But it got her murdered by Cardassians, referencing the uh, TNG episode from season seven, episode 15, Lower Decks, which mm-hmm. we reviewed like a year ago on this podcast. Yeah, it seems like sort of like the blueprint for this show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's because uh, it was an episode entirely about like people in the Lower Decks where we got like a better idea of what like Ensign's lives are mm-hmm. and it's centered around them. And um, yeah, I think Mike McMahon like you know took that to heart when making the show mm-hmm. and made it in a, a similar fashion mm-hmm. so mariner mentions her battles against the dominion and ma is impressed even though mariner says it was all just massacres with no honor mm-hmm. she says she doesn't want to be a general and send her friends off to die so she's having like a lot of like contemplation here and inner thought and like stuff we don't usually get to see from mariner yeah. mm-hmm. which which we we love like this yeah. is a deep mariner moment Mm-hmm. which we only ever really get to see like people successfully diagnose her and her, yeah. not really her successfully diagnosing her own problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she says Starfleet isn't about battles. It's about solving puzzles and discovery. And yes. if ens- Ensign was good enough for Cito Jaxa, uh, it's good enough for her. Mm-hmm. And throws her second pip to the ground. Mm-hmm making herself ensign again. Ma'a says Sita was a warrior and Mariner does not honor her and that she made her own choice. Mm-hmm. Mariner knows that this is right, but she says Starfleet can still do better. Ma'a gives her pit back and says to honor her friend by slaying her enemies and studying her plants. Mm-hmm. Mariner hugs him and he dislikes it. You think, what are you doing? <laughs> he tries to continue their battle, but she insists that they're allies now. Oh. And this whole scene just like, I love this. Yeah, this yeah. was fantastic. I like that they gave Mariner some real deep backstory to as right. to why she acts the way mm-hmm. she does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, this scene, I think, more so fleshed out Mariner and kind of the entire show because she is the main protagonist. Yeah. And uh, kind the, of like, and really like, shows like the spirit of star trek like that we all really appreciate like mariner says it you know yeah. she's like you know it's about star trek is puzzles. not about yeah, yeah star trek is not about being a military organization yeah. it's about exploring um and just doing good in the universe and just like spreading that goodness throughout yeah, yeah which makes me think that like mike mcmahon actually like gets star trek yeah. yes. on a really deep level and i think we already knew that because like mm-hmm well before he was even really involved in the cartooning world before he worked on um rick and morty he ran a pretty big uh twitter account called uh tng season eight yeah Mm. yeah he ran that that's him that's him in which he just gives like brief descriptions (laughs) yeah right no exactly and in which he'd give like brief descriptions of episodes that should be like tng season eight so like just ridiculous stuff you know yeah um, if you if viewer if listeners have not checked that out they definitely should like mm-hmm. laugh out loud funny yeah shit. yeah it's some of the funniest star trek stuff outside of like straight up this podcast yes. um <laughs> no but uh, outside of like lower decks mm-hmm. uh it's some of the best like star trek jokes out yeah. there mm-hmm. i think like lower decks has done a lot of fan service recently but mm-hmm. it just comes from such a place of respect and mm-hmm. like really understanding the show that yeah. i kind of like 
like it. I kind of yeah, like it. It comes from a place of reverence. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. for sure. Yeah, and yeah, you can feel like the deep love for Star Trek mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah, we love that. We yeah. Love to see mm-hmm. it. It's fantastic. Yeah. So back at Muds, the dive bar, Freeman, Rutherford, and Shax find the information broker uh, who knows their names and threatens to destroy them. The broker refuses to sell the secrets <laughs> to Starfleet. Freeman pulls her team aside and declares this is an old trick and the information dealer is in fact a puppet referencing uh, the TOS, uh, the second episode of TOS, the Corbinite Maneuver, in which there is like an information dealer type thing that looks exactly like this yeah. and it is in fact a puppet. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, in, you know, he's acting very puppet-like. There's sparks yeah. coming from his neck. Right, right, and he's just jerking his head around as, yeah. as though he's like kind of a carnival attraction, like the yeah. carnival fortune teller, you know, yeah. that you yeah. put a dollar in and he gives you a ticket with fortune or whatever kind of the exact same thing so uh freeman grabs the broker and shakes him until rutherford scans him and finds he has quote all sorts of internal organs <laughs> i like his little gangly thin limbs he's yeah. like get off of me <laughs> so freeman puts him down and apologizes uh the dealer is still however incredulous and offers to sell the lacarno information to anyone but starfleet mm-hmm. Which, like, Starfleet could then buy it off of anyone. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That seems weird that he'd suddenly decide to do it. But it, it furthers the plot, so whatever. Yeah. So, the mysterious robotic figure uh, we talked about a couple times earlier uh, comes forth and pays for the information in cash. Mm-hmm. Mariner, um, uh, oh, sorry, Freeman says she's trying to protect Locarno from people like the robotic figure. The bouncer throws them out and everybody boos them. Uh, can we get some boos in the chat? Get some boos. Get some boos in the chat. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. There's the boos. Spooky. Very spooky. <laughs> Imagine that's how a bunch of ghosts, a bunch of like really, really shitty ghosts sound. That would suck to be like a stand-up comedian and have like your only fans be ghosts. You're getting heckled mm. by a ghost. Yeah, because then you think you're always being heckled, even though that's the way they cheer. They go boo, and yeah. you're like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah. God, gotta, gotta get a better fan base. It's not all dead. <laughs> hey, this crowd is dead tonight, right? Anybody? Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, no, we thank like you. The <laughs> um, so back with Mariner and Ma'a, they find Orion's, Ferengi, and Romulans all fighting amongst themselves. Ma'a makes a battle plan, and Mariner says they have to do something harder than attack. Mm-hmm. My penis. <laughs> uh, she tells them they need to work together to figure out what happened to them. Yeah. The Orions refuse to stand down and go to kill Mariner and Ma'a, but suddenly Tendi jumps in out of the bushes and uses her authority as the uh, Orion mistress of winter, winter constellations to mm-hmm. stop them. Mariner makes a grand speech about working together against a common enemy and inspires everybody to team together. Everybody, that is, except the Romulans. But they, but they, Who will cease aggression. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is, I feel, another Star Wars reference. Mm-hmm. Like, that base looked exactly like the base in... Um, uh, Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, a jungle base that 
It's like a, 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 a like small four well for like metal structure. In the yeah, if they put Ewoks in the last episode, <laughs> yeah, as as I'm a motherfucking loser. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they're obviously trying to do more merchandising with like Moopsy and stuff in yeah. this season. So I don't know. I I wouldn't put it past them to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um. So. Um. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Mariners beamed away. The rest of the group think they've been betrayed by Mariner, but Ma'a says she wouldn't do that. Plus, he has a plan to use the relay station in front of them. Back on New Axton, Freeman's group walks out of the bar defeated until it's revealed that the mysterious robotic figure was in fact Billups in disguise. I thought that was great. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, a, that was a fun yeah. little reveal. I yeah. kind of thought that might be Nick Lacarno for a bit. That would have been I interesting. Hoping. Yeah, yeah, if you bought the information yeah. on yourself, that, that would actually made sense, I think. Mm -hmm. um, to keep it out of their hands. Buy yeah. it yeah. But uh, it's not. It's Billups. Yeah. Uh, Freeman, Which was very funny. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Freeman had the plan all along to... And Billups is a huge dork. Yeah, he's dressed up like really cool. He has a skeleton yeah. face. On yeah, him. he's kind of he's kind of Boba Fett coded in here. Yeah, Boba Fett coded. Yeah, yeah. more Star Wars. Uh, more Star Wars. <laughs> um, Freeman had the plan all along to trick the information broker into selling them the info on Lacarno. Back on Shorebull Five, the mysterious one-man ship uh, from earlier in the season that kept on, uh, as we've learned, kidnapping the other ships, flies away from the Klingon bird of prey. The captain notices a distress signal coming from the planet and goes down to destroy it. While they're doing so, the refugees from the planet jump onto the ship and break in. Ma'a rips apart the captain and claims the ship for himself. Which, I'm not sure, is this the first maybe confirmed death in, in Lower Decks? No. No, I mean, lots of people have been killed. Have they? Yeah, like uh, the you know remember the one um, remember the I mean this, this is what the one evil uh, admiral remember feel, he's using the yeah he, yeah he but he blown. we don't see his death do we he gets blown up yeah yeah, yeah but I'm talking well yeah I guess we see a ship getting blown up yeah I will burn your heart in a fire thing yeah and also yeah I mean and Shax gets killed while battling a bunch of like true true yeah. we do see Shax but he gets brought back alive so yeah but is I'll, that but truly the, death but I don't think those pockets that got blown up with him lived. True. Yeah. What if they did? What if they're running the shots now? What if they were on the Black Mountain with him? Oh, yeah. Also got brought back. <laughs> we don't know enough about the Black Mountain. No. So back with Freeman. Uh, they're Locarno's last known locale, and they see uh, plans for the one-man ship mm -hmm. that uh, we've been talking about, and they realize what's going on. Over with Mariner. She wakes up in what she calls minimalist hell. <laughs> it's a spaceship, and it's piloted by none other than Nick Lacarno, yeah. who says that they're going to cause some trouble together. Yeah. To be continued. That's the Ooh. end of this episode. Yeah. What did you all think? I thought it was great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought this was a very good episode. I like the twist. Um, mm -hmm. I like it being like a legacy Star Trek character. Mm-hmm. Actually, running that that ship, yeah, and not just like a another mystery supervillain that has like a, a fatal flaw that's easy to exploit, right? Which right, I think is very cheap. Yeah, yes. and I don't think they dropped like too many clues or anything, but this was like a genuine surprise. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was. Like who yeah. who was behind this? Because yeah. like I would have never told you that. I would have gone with you know a million different races before that I, I, a million I, I, different I, other side characters i barely remembered nick lacarno i didn't even remember his name so uh -huh. when they said it on the program i'm like 
And I mean, that sounds familiar, but was he in Star Trek before? I don't know. And then I like looked it up and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, that I was, was a Tom I, Paris character. I was thinking the Apocalypse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, yeah. Um, because it would make sense, yeah, bring the Apocalypse back. Yeah. But yeah, Nick Locarno was I a mean, nice surprise. There's nothing saying that he's not working for the Apocalypse. That's true. Oh, yeah. Which it's, sure except the Apocalypse are insanely dumb. Yeah. Because yeah. so, yeah. we don't really know wha- where this plan's going, yeah. like what he's trying to accomplish here. Yet, so. Well, the, the Apocalypse are dumb, but they know how to exploit other people to get them they to do. do things for them. They yeah. Do. That's true. I hope I hope Morn's race is behind this. Oh my god! I hope, I hope it's we get Morn. to yeah. Uh, that that would be interesting. That'd be yeah. amazing. Because ostensibly Morn's got to still be alive. I mean, well, I think I think Nick Lacarno's like um, has probably a good uh, reason to seek revenge against Starfleet for some reason because yeah, it seemed like he had he had um, before like you know his shit got fucked by Wesley Crusher and mm-hmm. kicked out of Starfleet like he was on a high trajectory to be like one of the one of the most oh, yeah. um, successful yeah he, he, he was the leader of nova squadron yeah. i think yeah. or whatever he was the leader of the squadron of his cadets so yeah. like wasn't he the one who wanted to do that maneuver that got the yes. person killed yes. though mm-hmm. yeah that's why so he yeah instead of him being rehabilitated he kind of got pushed to the side and mm-hmm. the whole point of right. star trek is when someone does something like that they rehabilitate them yeah right 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 and yeah because was given a second chance and cedo was yeah within that group yeah. mm-hmm. and she got that second chance and he didn't mm-hmm. so what we're saying is this is starfleet's fault yeah. Mm, yeah i mean most things are yeah, yeah. because yeah, they i mean they don't do true restorative justice no, no. Yeah. they'll just fire you from starfleet for lying yeah. it's like who who hasn't lied to their boss you know yeah. if, true. if you don't lie to your boss you're boring <laughs> that's that's all i gotta say i'm 100 percent truthful with my boss uh-huh yeah <laughs> just walking into his office i've been thinking about you <laughs> not in a weird way or anything i just wanted to tell you to be 100 percent truthful yeah <laughs> you should go in on monday and be like we were talking about you this weekend <laughs> yeah. like, just wanted to be up front i have a star trek podcast <laughs> i've been talking about you i've been talking about you real hard yeah we're, we're just talking about how i think about you so you know nothing weird anything you know <laughs> They're going to be playing this at your uh, your, your tribunal at work. <laughs> yeah. Like, Patrick, have a seat. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and, then, and just, like, press a play yeah. button. The song starts playing. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah. fuck. Oh, it's damn like it. Q's courtroom. They're in the big <laughs> yeah. rooms. Yeah. Yeah, my boss comes in on a floating chair. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> Humanity is condemned. Yeah. And by humanity, I mean you. Get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> by humanity is condemned, I mean you're fired. You're fired. Yeah. Yeah. There's but, worse ways to lose your job than thinking about your boss. Yeah. Wow. Does anyone have any sort of like, is anyone thinking like uh, what Nick Lacarno's plan is? Stir up some shit. Stir, yeah. stir that like, shit pot. Why, why, Take a sip. Why do you kind of suspect he's been stealing these ships and these crews and having them fight on Sherbel? It's a good question. Uh, one one possibility is he's doing like a most dangerous game type thing where he's mm-hmm. like a running man type thing where mm-hmm. he's like they're, they're... But why them specifically? Why, why these people? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a battle of the races. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's trying to finally figure out uh, what race is truly superior. Yeah. At first, when I realized it was all the people from the disappearing ships, I thought maybe there's that one episode in Next Gen where they bring 
the Vulcans, the Romulans, mm. Starfleet, and then another race all to a planet because the master race had seeded the galaxy. Do you mm. remember what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the founders. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was going to be something like that, but it ended up taking more of the, the predator twist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and those were all the captains, right, that were on the planet, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yep. So, yeah. And I'm wondering... What they did with the lower deckers and stuff. Yeah, and I'm wondering... Yeah, because, like, I'm wondering is... Yeah, is Nick Lacarno just, like, recruiting all of the lower deckers and doing some sort of... Yeah. Good question. Yeah. They're going to make them fly in that maneuver. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what he's I'm oh going to get it right, finally. Yeah. Finally oh, going to get it right. Oh, my God. What? That, that would be so funny. Yeah, imagine <laughs> that's he's the, like, that's I'm going to make this maneuver work. He's, he's going to prove to Starfleet. Is, yeah. Get, he's like, give me a second chance. Give me yeah. a second chance. I'm not, I don't have that damn Wesley around. Oh, my God. That would be funny to bring back Hell Wesley yeah. and Wesley ruins it again yeah i i feel like they haven't like dropped enough clues for us to truly understand like what's going yeah. on which is fine yeah which yeah. is fine yeah yeah i think it's good that it's not like telegraphed you know a thousand light years away yeah. mm-hmm. which um, is happens so often in mm-hmm. the tv nowadays yeah, yeah it's absolutely. True. like yeah. this this episode completely surprised me and i'm i'm sure the next one will also surprise me with yeah. where they're going with this and there could be a whole host of uh, other little rep um um, references and guest stars we're not even suspecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they could have the other three on the list. They could have a Thomas Riker, a Seven of Nine, and a, um, who was the third one? Beverly. Beverly. That's yeah. right, Beverly Crusher. I yeah. love that. No, that'd be great. We all love to hear mm. and, and see those three. And, and yeah. as we've seen, like, all all of those people mm-hmm. have been having recent uh, uh, appearances in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I have been, re- been either, like, yeah, like, well, Jonathan Frakes will be still be playing himself basically but yeah. he'll be playing his clone but yeah and like um uh you know crusher recently did some voice work for oh yeah um the very short tracks very short tracks yeah as well as um jonathan frakes so yeah and then you know so, seven of nine is always available yeah apparently yeah. for star trek so yeah excited to see how that all is out. Yeah. yeah yeah so we got one episode left this season do we have any predictions no, I think they're gonna fly that fucking maneuver. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna I, do it again. I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see that maneuver. Yeah, me too. <laughs> see, uh, yeah, that'd be. Yeah, he's gonna use that maneuver to to uh, to take down Starfleet somehow. Or something. Yeah, I, I hope <laughs> if he does that maneuver, maybe like they'll expel Wesley from uh, <laughs> from being a traveler because he was oh. wrong. Or maybe he, yeah, he's he's building an army to take on Wesley since Wesley now has these traveler powers. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he's. This is all a way to uh, get revenge on Wesley. However, we know that that plan wouldn't succeed because Wesley shows up as the traveler at the end of Picard season Unfortunately. two. But then again, like that Wesley, he's outside of time. Yeah, he could. That's be true. Killed. Yeah. He That's could true. Be the past That's true. Past somehow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong there. Man, time's weird, right? Yeah, yeah time is weird. Yeah, especially the New York Times. <laughs> the the lying New York Times. The failing New York Times. Failing New York Times. Yeah, so um, I'd give this episode a solid, I don't know, 8 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, the the whole episode was pretty good, but I completely elevated it. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. yeah this one was Again, really Klingon's <laughs> really, like, getting Cedo too, because, like, Worf mm-hmm. was, like, he understood Cedo. That's true. Eulogized yeah. her in lower decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, then like this in this Klingon, he also understood Cedo and 
the, the mission of Starfleet. Hell yeah. We'd love yeah. to see it. Love to see it. Any other thoughts, figures, facts, considerations, iterations, masturbations? Masturbatoriums. Masturbatoriums. Um, that's what I call my bedroom. As you can see, there's a sign above the door. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Did you do that and come? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it was hard getting the Comic Sans font, yeah. uh, you know. That takes some aim. Yeah, it you did. did a good job, It though. really did. <laughs> there's got to be nice. at least 80, 90 ropes up there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the ones that were successful. I mean, like, you oh, have yeah. a whole, um, like, you're yeah. trying to There's like shot. a three-foot pile you have to walk over to get <laughs> yeah. in. I've, yeah. I've got more ropes on my floor yeah. than, like, a wooden ship's sails. <laughs> you know. Come stalagmites on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's, something's growing. And cl- uh, stalactites from the ceiling as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And man, so, those uh, form over like thousands of years. And they they do. <laughs> I'm in, I'm I'm one of the ancient ones that yeah. uh, H.P. Lovecraft spoke about. Yeah. yeah. Just here cranking it on the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Excellent. Cool. Yep. Nice. <laughs> well, I guess we'd all say watch that episode. I think we'd all uh, recommend it. Yeah. So uh, thanks for hanging with us, soldiers. Yeah. Be well, travel safe, and uh, go watch the inner fight. Go watch good the inner episode. Fight. Good yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, thanks for checking with us, soy boys, girls, and the beans. Hang, Hang dong and shocker. Soy 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs>